Hey everybody, this is Rob. Welcome to the House of X Book Club. I am your host for tonight. Well, pretty much for all the other nights too. Um, but I brought some folks with me. Of course, we've got Shane. What is going on, Robert? Well, you know, it's just another day, man. Reading comics. We have also Rowan. Hello. I love how Rowan is just, you know... I don't know. I, yeah, I think you're great. No uh, nonsense. You know, not, not Yeah, she's just to the point. <laughs> um, and of course, we've got Drew. Again. It's like, like, now I feel like I just have to keep it succinct. Okay. <laughs> and and Raj. How's it going, kids? That's so... right. You're the old one, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm the yep. old one of the group. And I remember Dude. back when I was a boy. About knee high to a grasshopper. And then, you know, one day is out in the field and my big uncle, uh, Roy, come up to me and he said, you know, someday you're going to be a big boy and you're going to drive the tractor and take over this farm. And then next thing I know, 50 years has passed and I'm not on that farm no more. You know, I <laughs> met your uncle Roy and when I was a kid, all he wanted to talk about was tanks. <laughs> tanks and guns. Thought he Thanks a lot about. for that memory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you know, it, it's, it, it's kind of sad now, but when I'm talking to people at work, I have to preface things. as like, this is going to be a really old sentence, but when I worked at Radio Shack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Rowan, and I, Rowan and I have a good one. We we talked to somebody that, that can we have that Madonna book in the store, right? In, in the bookshop. Um, the new Madonna biography. And some some girl walked past that book and she stopped and she's like, "Who's Madonna?" Oh no! And, yeah, and everybody wow. was like, "What?" You get out! You get out now! <laughs> even You're the nineteen-year-old, even the nineteen-year-old that works at the shop thought she well, was like feeling old. You know, she was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was it a child? Uh, I think she was a teenager. Well, I guess it's a good thing you don't have the last Madonna book in the in the bookstore. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> this yeah. is Madonna. This is her meat curtains. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. No. Okay. Well, so we're going to talk about... <laughs> Time for Magneto. Yeah, we're going to talk about X-Men number 43. Um, the release date on this book is February 8, 1968 cover says april of 68 uh, the credits go to roy thomas for writing george tusca for doing the pencils john tartaglioni for doing the inks sam rosen for doing the letters and of course stan lee for doing the stan leeing now george tusca doing the pencils is uh is kind of cool because he the last two issues he was the inker well, here he is doing the full-on yeah. pencils yeah so that's pretty cool. The title of this issue is The Torch is Passed. But first, something I've always had playing around in my head. On the cover, we see this big text reading, The Power of Magneto, right? And it feels to me like this is what they're naming the story. Doesn't that seem appropriate? Like that's the title? Yeah. yeah, it does. That's yeah. been throwing me, honestly, the past couple issues because they do that on the, the big splash for the cover art and then mm -hmm. inside is the actual title. 
Mm-hmm. Well, they never stopped doing it because I remember in the late eighties and, and early nineties going, wait, this isn't the title of the book. Is this is the title yeah. of the book? Well, what's the title yeah. of the story? Okay. This is the title of the book. This is the title of the story. Wait, this isn't the title, you know, good God. At any rate, it's always bugged me. So I thought I had to bring it up. Um, well, it's part of that is Stan is spending too much time making sure that his portion of the credits box is bigger than the rest of the credits put together. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. The, the exception, there's an exception in this one where he's got his little, uh, you know, Stan Lee editor box that gives George Tuska credit for stepping in for Don Heck uh, in, mm-hmm. to do the art for this. So this is kind of, it's kind of rare that, you know, the, artist is actually getting their due in this issue okay okay drew <laughs> well so the x-men are grieving i'm sorry go ahead jane i was gonna say i don't know i just think that if i had been the editor i might not have been brought so much attention to who drew this book oh damn. i like the art for this yeah <laughs> I, I don't know this is this looks like the basic outlines of somebody's my first x-men coloring book <laughs> i couldn't have done better you're also not a professional artist drew nope all i could say is oof uh, <laughs> well so in this story the x-men are grieving the loss of professor x right are they uh, no <laughs> as they should be they are we we just talked about how Angel had to carry his lifeless, limp body, tears coming down his face. So there they are. They're grieving. And unbeknownst to them, Magneto is watching it all. He's pulling a Professor X, man. He he can see everything they do. Can we talk about that? How stupid yeah, that let's, is? Let's do it's it. This, it's a globe. It's not a TV screen. It's some magic globe, technological nope. magic globe. where nope, he, It's not- like... It's magnetism. Come on. <laughs> it's magnetism. It's all magnetism. Um, it's a magic yeah. load, dude. But yeah, you're right <laughs> about that. I, I was like, what the hell? Um, Where are the cameras? <laughs> yeah. So Magneto, of course, feels it's the perfect time to strike against the X-Men because, you know, Xavier's dead. Awesome. Quicksilver has rejoined the ranks of, of the... Uh, of the the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that happened in the Avengers issue. So Quicksilver has run off to secretly attend Charles Xavier's funeral, uh, during which time the X-Men spot him and attempt to ask him what he wants. Quicksilver takes their, uh, their advancing towards Miss Hostility. I mean, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, they're literally they're just... walking over to you. How is yeah. that hostile? Like, Hey, they're like, hey man, how's it going? Clearly, they want to beat my ass. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? I think. Well, hold on, hold on. He's been hanging around with Magneto, who is the world's largest douche to everyone around him. So he's got like PTSD. It's not entirely his fault. That and at the bottom left of page three, he's also clearly been in Magneto's stash. Oh. <laughs> what, what, what do you? That's good art, though. What he's like there? he's like all panicky and sweating, mm-hmm. or his eyes bugging out. His eyes yeah. bugging out. I love that panel. <laughs> <laughs> he apparently ate his upper lip. 
Yeah. Well, this is this is <laughs> the sign of George Tuska's art. <laughs> I think it's really cool, actually. So yeah, Quicksilver takes their advancing his hostility. Of course, he runs back to Brotherhood of Evil Mutants HQ. Now, Cyclops says that Professor X told him that if he ever died, to push this button. And so he pushes the red button, and uh, rather than blowing the place up, a panel opens in the wall to reveal a projector that plays a private message. Uh, the message explains that he has prepared Jean and that she now has telepathy added to her mind over matter powers. What the hell? <laughs> this this kind of caught me off guard. I, I wasn't thinking of this, but, you know. Weirdest it, inheritance ever. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I figure it'd be like, I want to leave my Victorian gown that, I, that I've been <laughs> hiding in private to Scott. I would like to leave. You know? a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to leave my wooden paddles and my rope collection to Warren. Um, the behind the wooden doors. <laughs> but but no, it's like, yeah, I just want to let you know, uh, Gene is now a telepath as well as a telekinetic, which is kind of shitty because Gene didn't tell anybody that. Uh, he also tells them that, you know, if, basically it's like if you are watching this, I'm dead. Uh, I think it's important that I go fight this grotesque. If I die, I want you guys to continue my work. Of course, Quicksilver goes back to HQ, as I said, and he's met by Toad, who is just a sniveling general nuisance as, as much as ever. Uh, he, um, yeah, he, boy, just thinking about it, Toad really annoys the hell out of me in this. <laughs> yeah, he got super irritating in this got book. So irritating in this. I, I cannot handle the yes master every little, oh boy. That's is he so, is note. it supposed to be like a Renfeld type of ripoff? Yeah, here? right. Exactly. Okay. I just want him to comb his hair too, you know? <laughs> I mean, just once, man. Run a comb through that shit. Um, <laughs> you know what my biggest takeaway from this issue was is Professor X is dead and Scott is still the deputy leader. My note for that is as uh, page five, last panel, I kind of got a dark chuckle out of Warren calling Scott deputy deputy leader still, even though Professor Xavier is dead. <laughs> so therefore, wouldn't Cyclops be the only leader and not the deputy leader? Like, you're, in, is... you're in charge for now, but when Mimic comes back, we're kicking your ass. Oh, the <laughs> I I think that is part of Angel's killer uh, sense of humor. Um, either <laughs> that, or he's just like jabbing Scott. You know, he's like, "Fine, he got the girl, but I'm getting one over on him right now." We're <laughs> <laughs> um, just not used well, to it so yet. Yeah. So one, yeah. real quick, one of the things I didn't notice before when I read it, I guess that 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 Quicksilver was justified in running off because on page four, it looks like Beast is coming after him with a tree limb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought he was just going to poke him with that stick. He's going to poke um... him. Are you alive there, Sonny? <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting panel, too, the way he's holding the stick. You know, it's like, God, what the hell are you doing with that thing? <laughs> 
<laughs> I thought I thought it was his leg. I tried to grab him. Oh, terrifying. I think that uh, one of the things they noted was that the Banshee wasn't there because he was on a mission. I was like, nah, I don't think I can deal with Scott being even mopier than he usually is. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I got called away. It's like super secret stuff. So I got to go, guys. He's just going down. To that. He's going back to that liquor store to pick up some tobacco. You yeah. know? <laughs> Um, I was I was gonna say I think there's a a glaring uh, clue as to the crimes of Xavier with yeah. this admission that now Gene has uh, telepathy. So what does that mean? Does that mean a he's been holding her back, or does it mean b he's mind wiping everybody not to know that she has telepathy and now he's admitting it? I I've... mean, she he he can't just like unlock that power in her brain. Unless he's holding it back. He, yeah. I think the crime is that he was holding it back. I. Yep. It felt to me like like he bequeathed his powers to her. Like he 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 gave her his powers. But they it, even mentioned the, the word inherited. That's the way they tried to explain it. Yeah. yeah we, it's he, weird. She, in, she inherited his, uh, you know, Scott got the gown, Warren got the butt plugs, and Gene got the uh, tele <laughs> telepathic powers. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't work like that, dude. I mean, come on. You're right. I think Rowan's Nobody right. Can... He's, Rowan's right. He's been mind-wiping and controlling Gene, and she's probably got all kinds of powers. Like, look how strong she was holding Scott back with her tele telekinetics, you know, not too long ago, and then now She's got telepathy. What else can she do that we don't know about? Can she turn things into flame all of a sudden? She gets pissed off. I mean, what's she can cook, now that he's gone? That. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just make. waiting for I'm just waiting for for Beast to pull off his mask and say, "Look, it's me, Charles Xavier, and I'm using my magic legs." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and before we go any further, kids, it would be irresponsible if we did not say never accept a used butt plug as a gift. <laughs> Always <laughs> buy your own sex toys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Just spoil um, them. This is yeah, why I don't tell people about this podcast. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we hold nothing back, do we? No, that's not true. We hold no, quite a, a lot bit. back. <laughs> Leave a lot oh, on boy. the cutting room floor. Yep. So one thing that Quicksilver sees when he gets back to the HQ is that Wanda, Wanda has recovered from the bullet shot to the head that she took in that Avengers issue. A bit. She, uh, what, I'm sorry, what? She's recovered a bit. She's yeah, recovering. Partially. Yeah. Well, she looked fine to me. She was just walking around. She didn't have a hole in her head. I mean, she did get grazed, but at any rate, um, she doesn't drool when she talks. So I think she's doing pretty damn well. Yeah, is that all? It, I am doing good then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> success. Um, now Wanda and Pietro are really bummed about Charles Xavier dying because they had hoped that at one point he would help Wanda get over her. What was it that he wanted to help Fear her of get spiders. over? Her fear, <laughs> her fear of spiders. Um, she's got a she's got a, a injury, a head injury, basically from being shot. Yeah, from yeah. being shot. Xavier can't help her with that. Um, 
I, I think it had something to do with her powers. Yeah, her yeah, powers they were aren't trying working to get her powers back. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. At any rate. Um, by the way, Magneto spots a ship just off of his island base, and he brings it in. Uh, like I'm do. thinking he's bringing it in because, well, he's the master of magnetism. Ship's made of metal. He's got to display his powers. Um, at any rate, it just it's a trap set by the X-Men because they're on the ship. Which I thought was kind of crazy, but I'm like, what the hell? These guys are entrapping him. They're just like, let's cruise around in a ship until we find him. Oh, there he is. Yeah. So he he apparently knows that there's technology on the ship, so he's gonna steal it and take it for his own. Now they're on this ship to set a trap for Magneto, but they didn't tell the people driving the ship. So when Magneto picks this ship up out of the water and everybody's tossed around, these guys are freaking the fuck out. <laughs> You know, well, it's like that time all five of them jumped out of the airplane without telling anybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, we're yeah. leaving now at 50,000 feet. Thank we're going to depressurize the plane. And <laughs> I mean, luggage was flying out the door. Yeah. They're such shitheads. <laughs> oh, wow. That's what really happened over that island it lost. They're really crappy. <laughs> Shitheads too. They're like the punks from Repo Man. Let's go do crime. Yeah. yeah. Let's get sushi and not pay. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a podcast recently where they talked about how early storylines were just great. You know, it's like Doctor Doom steals the power cosmic from the Silver Surfer and he's going to take over the world. And then they're like, yeah, but the way he takes over the world is he just kind of travels around the globe pulling practical jokes on people, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's going to make you think that he's really evil. Oh, yeah. he is so evil. <laughs> By the way, the ship that that these guys are on is called the Myrmidon. And I don't know why, but the name just jumped out at me. So I looked it up. I've never heard it. Um, and Greek, it means... Uh, Greek Greek uh, tribe, isn't it? it? It means a follower or subordinate of a powerful person. Typically, one who is unscrupulous and carries out orders unquestioningly. So it's Toad. Yep. Why would you name a ship Myrmidon? I mean, come on. <laughs> Why would you do that? Uh, call yeah. it something. You're right. So, at any rate. Don't I thought question my instructions or <laughs> my naming policies. Mm, okay. In, at any rate. In, yeah, in Greek mythology, because I, I Googled it too, and I got a different okay. thing. And mine says, in Greek mythology, the Myr the Myrmidons were a legendary Thessalonian people who accompanied Achilles in the Trojan War. Mm. And they well, were named they after their follow, leader. They did follow him. Drew's <laughs> 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 got this look on his face. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. <laughs> yeah, right, right. That's probably what it, the ship's named for. Yeah, I hope so. Sure as hell. Sure as, sure as I hope so. Okay, so. The X-Men end up fighting Magneto and Toad and Quicksilver. And Magneto defeats them by electrifying the ground that they're standing on. End Hasn't of story. that happened before? Mm -hmm. A couple All of times. goddamn time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's uh, you know, I mean, I wouldn't go to Magneto's house. You know, he's got that place booby-trapped like crazy. So I, I do want to point out uh, I read I read a note earlier, and I I just realized that 
I'm looking at the notes for the next issue we'll cover in this episode, issue 44. But most of my notes in that issue are how annoying Toad is. So it's good to see that Toad's annoyingness carries over in this arc. Yeah. <laughs> at, least, well, at least the writing is consistent. He's yep. consistent, all right. Yeah. <laughs> and he still doesn't comb his damn hair. Ah, uh, so... What do you think? I mean, come on. What do you think, you guys? Yeah, we were already talking about how this was better than the last issue. Like I said, most of the stuff in these books has just come as a matter of convenience. Like Roger said, he was watching them on a crystal ball. Then three pages later, he's got a giant flat screen TV. And then Magneto knew Quicksilver was gone. Apparently didn't say anything that anybody else about the fact that Quicksilver was gone and then he shows back up and Toad is going to tell on him I'm like <laughs> isn't it odd that like when Magneto realized that Quicksilver was gone no one heard the temper tantrum that he threw and so right. it just it, it just all seems to be a matter of convenience oh now we need a confrontation to fill some space between Quicksilver and Toad mm -hmm. I didn't understand maybe you guys can fill me in why did Quicksilver go to the funeral? Because he he cared about Charles Xavier. He and and Wanda really, uh, really liked Xavier, and he really did hope that that he would be able to help him. They regretted not taking him up on his offer to to join the X Men. I have questions about that though, but because Professor X didn't make the offer to them to join the X Men. He did. Right? He did. It he was did. him. Yes, they had he just did. joined the Avengers. Mm -hmm. So they said no. Okay, because for some reason I thought that it was one of the other guy, one of the other members of the team that offered them the opportunity to join the X-Men. No, because I, I think he went to them telepathically. Yeah, he astral projected. That's, the, that's he was, right. That's he right. was racing a hawk. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Scarlet Witch was practicing falconry and, and Quicksilver <laughs> was trying to race the falcon while she trained it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think the others may have made an, a passing comment. Why don't you join us? That was kind of a sub theme for that issue, but it was initially Xavier. Yeah, that yeah, that's right. That was they, they did they they've offered it to him numerous times. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I think that he went to the funeral just to to know for sure that Xavier was dead. To know that well, it was true. Then, yeah. Well, and if you look at him, he's obviously affected. You know, right. and that we we talked about that panel where his eyes are bugging out and his yeah he's he's got the sweats and he he looks like he's torn up by the fact that Xavier is dead. So, and and he's a guy who's like you know screw humanity, you know. I mean, the reason why he's with Magneto is because he's he's a misanthrope. He hates humans <laughs> and he he you know doesn't care about people, but he you know he himself's a mutant, so he he kind of fits with that that ideology, I guess. Um, I just noticed something that I think shows that Magneto is a bit of a crack fiend. <laughs> when you look oh. at page 12, he's got the white eyed thing and he just threw down his world's worst dad coffee cup. And then on <laughs> page 13, upper right corner, he's got that like crazed eyes, you know, giant. I'm I'm tripping big balls right now, kind of look, and it's just you know the dude's a crack fiend. That's all it is. It's meth. He doesn't even He's have mutant powers. He doesn't Does even he have mutant powers. <laughs> That's my what if. What well, if no. Magneto had no mutant powers? He's just a crack fiend. 
No, I'm telling you, Magneto is back on the meth. That's why he's always trying to build <laughs> gadgets and fix TVs. Yeah. Roger, try to build yeah. gadgets. He does build gadgets. Look at yeah, all does. the stuff Everyone that he is surrounded gadgets, by. Though. He is surrounded by so much stuff. But it's all stuff that he steals. It's not he didn't build it. He just like builds it. He air quotes. It. Well, yeah. he's effective at stealing then. Ro- yeah. Raj. Um if you want to see a really good story that has Magneto without powers, you should read X-Men Noir. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, read X-Men okay. Noir. It's a it's cool. a mini-series. It's like, I don't know, it's a few issues. But it's got some great uh, Pietro stuff, and it's got some really good Magneto stuff. Um, and their father-son dynamic is, you know, it's amazing. Okay. Uh, it's touching. Maybe, maybe father-son dynamic. Yeah, right. but yeah, no. So yeah, the, my meth, my meth thing here. Magneto's idea to invent a new device is he's going to take the computer yeah. out of the ship, put yeah. it in a new case, and use that to enslave the minds of all humanity. Yeah, yeah. that doesn't scream trailer park meth head. I don't know what does. <laughs> well, you know, I want to hand it to the writer and the letterer. Maybe it was the letterer. That, maybe San Rosen's the, the one that named the ship the Miramadon. Because that's exactly what he's hoping, right? That people will follow him. And he's going to use a computer out of the ship to do that. By the way, I was happy. That, okay, here's another matter of convenience. They had to book a ship. Professor X is dead. <laughs> All of a sudden, Warren Worthington is getting an allowance. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, I thought I had a note about that. Yeah, because Beast makes a, Beast makes that comment that an allowance he calls it for a paltry sum more we could have purchased the entire vessel. Then why can't you buy airplane fuel? Come on, or airplane tickets. I can't find it, but I swear to God, I thought I had a note that said uh, Warren's actual superpower is just calling his parents for money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> There you go. Poor Angel. <laughs> yeah, Drew who does not like Angel. No. <laughs> Just wait till we get to the next issue. Spoiled Uh-oh. rich kid. Yeah. Yeah. I did one one good thing I liked about this issue though, uh, and I shouldn't have liked this, but every time Magneto bullied Toad, I was uh-huh. like kind of like, Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, Toad deserves <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's Damn. harsh. That is. <laughs> that's cold, everyone. We, um, you know, I I will say this about Toe though. Sometimes he was kind of pushing back. Sometimes he would he would say these things where he would be like, Oh, you don't want them to escape, Master. Oh, you know, he would kind of say these things where he was trying to plant the seed of the issue at hand, but yeah. he, he would kind of disguise it in in praise. And then, and then yeah. Magneto would be like, "You think I don't know that, you stupid fool?" And kick him or whatever. Yeah. Or how about when he's like, "I'm going to kill you," and then he's like, "He didn't kill me. That means he must really like me." Right. Um, I mean, or the fact that mm-hmm. Magneto specifically made Toad wear a magnetic belt just so he could toss Toad just around. Just so he could toss powers. him around. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's well, so that just, just that just speaks to oh. their kink. You know, yeah. I just wanted Toad to come up in the next issue and go suspenders, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have metal cl- clippies on the. On uh, I suppose uh, that's true. Damn Make them dig into his nip nips. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean that the whole th- the whole thing with this, like Magneto's whole plan, is is again a matter of convenience. He's going yeah. to use the computer. By the way, wh- how many ships had a super? 
supercomputers in the 60s. Well, they're this is they're transporting it, right? Yeah. Okay. I thought they were transporting it somewhere. Okay. Mm-hmm. He could have gone to Radio Shack. Yeah, they should have gone to Radio Shack <laughs> and stopped at Blockbuster on the way. Um, All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but so the computer thing, that's fine. But they wanted he wanted to enslave the minds of the entire human race, not to control the whole planet, but to make the X-Men sad and icy. <laughs> He wanted. He wanted to give them. He, he wanted to enslave the minds of the entire human race to give the X Men malaise. Yeah, he did mention that. Like he yeah, was going know, to. It was going to isolate the X Men. They're did already say that. sad. Their 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 uh, tormentor and abuser is dead. Yeah. So they're already sad. <laughs> they're all currently. They're all currently suffering from Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. The master plan is for that malaise to become ennui, and then they'll just die of ennui. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Oh God. And it'll become wow. a French film, right? Just, yeah. just like that. Then the entire story of the X Men is told from the viewpoint of the pigeon sitting out on the telephone wire outside the mansion. <laughs> Wow. Well, right oh man. Well, there's That's a our next podcast. I know. We're, we're going to make that. We're what if that the X Men was a French art film? <laughs> no, we'll just per- we'll perform the film on podcast form, like an old radio show. Just the whole first five minutes of it is just <laughs> Professor X in the wheelchair <laughs> and clown makeup smoking a cigarette. <laughs> in a dark room with just a single light on him that's beautiful you guys <laughs> I, you know drew i'm down to do that but you have to play angel okay <laughs> i could do it it doesn't sound put like on, you're happy about it put on a really a really posh accent and just be a little bitch <laughs> mommy daddy i need my allowance <laughs> Thank you, sir. Can I have another? Um, <laughs> so there is a backup story to this. And uh, hold on, or, hold on, hold yeah, on. Yeah, no, we, we skipped some very important we, bullshit <laughs> in the back half of Magneto whips the ass of the X Men, the Toad, Pietro, and anyone else that he sees yeah. like that, dude. Come on, you can't skip well, over because he's Magneto. Magneto. No, he totally did. He hits. He, he hits him by Cyclops. Electric. He electrocutes him, and he hits Cyclops with a metal battering, a literal battering ram. Yeah, that that oh, was Toads. That was right. Toads. That was the Toads. Yeah, Toad like, that. Toad just oh, has that's a right. I like how right. ram on it. Toad just has a random literal battering ram, <laughs> and a metal belt. Those are his. Two earthly possessions. And why, why because do they have it. the battering ram, the pneumatic battering ram in their little bedroom? Why? Don't ask. Because he's got Don't all ask. these, That's none of your got business. All these traps. I, he probably also has the basement with the staircase that turns into a slide. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yep. Where, and it leads into the room with the cage gorilla. You know? He's, mm-hmm. he's got all kinds of crazy shit. Man. Yeah. And the guy, the guy locked up in the uh, in the little wooden case closet thing there, the gimp. You know, don't ask about that. (laughs) 
I'm just amazed that Cyclops was able to do anything on the last page of this story. On page 14, he misses a punch on Quicksilver, gets thrown in the air by Magneto, gets battering rammed by Toad, and then in the next panel, he's standing there blasting the battering ram in a battle of wheels. Yep. Well, that's because he's had about enough. He's he's had about enough. I mean, come on. (laughs) I'm putting up with that shit anymore. (laughs) Yeah, just I'm saying, like, if all of that stuff happened to me in the seconds before that battering ram was coming at me, I'd be like, I'm just going to lay here and take this. I don't think (laughs) there's enough enough moxie left (laughs) in my (laughs) little finger to deal with this any further. You know, one thing I just noticed... One thing I just noticed is where the hell is Iceman during this whole fight? The last time he, he anyone sees him is is like the third panel of page 13. And then page 14 and 15, they're doing this epic fight, and Iceman's just nowhere to be seen. Mm-hmm. He's not he probably panel. He probably found a mirror and realized he didn't have Don Heck's facial structure anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Details to my face are going away. Um, although, yeah, I kind of dug the art in this. I, I did I did like it. It was it was a little bit hit and miss, but overall there were yeah. some really cool panels. Yeah. Beast did yeah. the splits on page fifteen in midair. That was kind of yeah. neat. You don't want to miss that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Magneto's um, face on the, the, the third to last and the last panel of page fifteen, Magneto's face changes drastically. Like two different like, people. Like how he looks. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's not the same person under that, that mask. Well, my biggest problem with the way they draw Magneto in the helmet, and maybe it's just they're, the, they're trying to deal with the proportions or it's just a, a, um, trying to draw really fast, but his teeth are bigger than his eyes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like he's got like one tooth is bigger than an eyeball. Ew. And it's disturbing. Yeah. Wow. Well, I think that what they're trying to do is make him look crazed, you know, mm-hmm. just so he's got wild features. Uh, yeah. Well, I personally am glad to see Magneto. I I like issues with Magneto because he is a freaking maniac. <laughs> you know? Meth head. Yeah. <laughs> Uh okay. Shall we move on to the backup? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this one's called Call Him Cyclops. And it's considered a bonus feature, by the way. Uh the Cyclops uh origin story is over. Now we're just gonna look at Cyclops and see how his powers work. Credits are written by Roy Thomas, pencil by Warner Roth, ink by John Verporton, uh letters by Artie Simic and editing uh, editing by Stan Lee. So, yeah, this is basically a, a segment explaining how Cyclops' optic beams work. Here we learn that the source of his power is the sun itself. Mm. Uh, this, of course, gets retconned away later. Yeah. Um, his eyes act as a solar battery and converts light going in into energy that he can fire back. <clears throat> now, I want to give a shout out to Irving Forbush who's actually mentioned in this by Cyclops. Uh, Irving Forbush, of course, being absolutely nobody. But uh, Stan mentions him from time to time in the in the credits box. 
as though he's a real person. And then the uh, 80s becomes the mascot of Marvel Age. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Irving Forbush, of course, is the the hero, uh, if you can call him that, uh, Forbush man. Yeah, at any rate. Uh, so wh- the question here is, why can the Ruby Quartz stop his I-beams? Stan, Roy, and Werner have no idea, apparently. They say that. But I say that it's simple color theory. Doesn't it make sense that the red eye beams? Roger disproved this already. No. Yeah. No. Okay. That's not Explain how that works. again. Explain that again, please. So when you when you have a when you have a light like in theater, uh-huh. and you want only one color, let's let's say red, because that's what we're talking about. You put a red filter on because right. it blocks all other frequencies except for red. That's yeah, how that red. works. So if he has red lenses. And his eye beams are the same frequency of red. It's going to come out red. It's going to come through. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. all about it's all about the light frequency. Now we're getting way off topic because it's a comic book, but yeah, that's how it works. Last yeah. time you explained that to me, like as soon as we got off, I was like, because I was a theater major, I, I did tech, that like for years, and I was like, oh yeah, that's so freaking obviously what mm-hmm. it is. I felt stupid for bringing that up the last time I did. <laughs> okay, so this is great. Uh, so Stan even says, or, or Roy Thomas even says, whoever wrote it in the box, Stan, Roy, and Werner have no idea, but you know, oh well. Um, <laughs> so they just kind of brush it aside. Uh, well, hold on, at any rate, let's yeah. talk about him being solar powered. Okay, so I know that in the current continuity, that's not the case, but if he was solar powered, all he has to do is shoot his eye beams until he's exhausted. And then get out of the sun for a while, and he won't have to wear the glasses because his eye beams won't have enough power to do their thing. Right? right. Nope. Right. Nope. That's explained. They he also said, say that it's they not, can get though. some of it from the moon too. Yeah, it says. Yeah, that but I'm not any... saying that. If he went into a dark building for like a day, oh, like a pitch black. Yeah. Maybe. And 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 since since we're on the subject, why is he covered? His whole body is covered. So he's not getting any sunlight on his skin except for that little bit of his face. And that's enough to solar charge him? No, Lack it's his melanin, eyes. Yeah. His eyes are the solar eyes. battery. It has to go through his eyes. Well, they he's even wearing talk the about, thing, dude. Yeah, they even talk about that when he's got his when he's sleeping and he has his eye cl- eyes closed. Enough light goes through his eyelids that it still stores power into his into I just his think eyes. that's BS. It's total BS. <laughs> I <laughs> hated you. this. Comic book science. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> I, I did not for a second think that this was, you know, real, but I thought <laughs> oh, it was wait, a, what? Quote, yeah, quote <laughs> unquote real, air quotes real. Wait, but wait I a thought minute. it was what? a fun little, a fun little like uh, experiment of trying to make this scientific. From yes. well, I think from yeah, people because they got enough letters. They got enough people asking about it in the letters column. They were like, we got to do something about this because we're tired of explaining it. I think a lot of it had to do with me for for this little miniseries issue was like the writing was kind of irreverent like the entire time. Like they you could I could tell personally, you guys might not have been able to uh, just because the way I read it. You know, we all read things differently, but they they seemed like they were having fun with this issue. Like they yeah. they were kind of poking fun at themselves. They were just trying to like be a little lighthearted and yeah. mm-hmm, do mm-hmm. a cool little thing. And I think that worked. I think they succeeded at that. Yes, it, it kind of whole... feels it kind of feels like 
you know, stretching out a podcast by throwing in bonus episodes and you're like, oh shit, what are we going to do now? Hey, let's do this. This is just like a bullshit <laughs> fun thing to do. You know, <laughs> we got to fill time, episode. people. This, this episode brought to you by Rage Shadow Legends. <laughs> no, but you you guys realize what the whole this backup story was for, right? To put the Ruby Quartz visor buttons in his gloves. Yes. Yeah. That's what this whole five pages was for. Yeah. And that comes up right. real quick. That comes yeah. up real quick. In the and, they, and, it, and it comes up like story wise, like people were actually talking about yes. the, the buttons in his gloves and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I think that that his visor is a, a kind of a lame design anyway. He, you know, okay. So you reach up and you turn the dial to open up the, the shutter, or you could use the buttons on your gloves. If you have buttons on your gloves, why would you ever reach up to turn the dial? You know? You wouldn't Which, because it's gonna show your enemies what you're doing. Yeah. I've kind of just hold assumed, on. I've kind of assumed personally since like since issue number one, where like he definitely had dials on his visor to yeah. issue number forty four where we are in his multiple changes in costume. I've kind of just assumed that those dials have become buttons at this point. So like he just pushes it. He doesn't twisted and yeah it could it. be yeah it could be uh well at any rate this situation becomes a topic of many conversations for decades to come because they still haven't quite got it figured out like it yeah. <laughs> it still Ooh, comes what, up in right what if though those buttons like either on his visors or in his gloves what if they're pressure sensitive so the harder he pushes it the more it opens up so if it's just a little push it's just a little beam and if he pushes it really hard it's full blast that could be cool well, isn't well, that they, what it is? Well, they do talk about him having, being able to narrow it down to like a with absolute precision, which yeah. I I don't understand the how the width of the beam makes that much of a difference when it's a force beam. Yeah, like if it was a laser and it was cutting, then the width of the beam would make a difference. This was like we pointed this out when there was like they were trying to disarm a bomb and. Professor X is looking into the bomb and going, nope, a little to the left, a little more to the left. All right, speed it up, a little more to the left, a little more to the left. I Lucifer, mean, the Lucifer issue. And yeah. then he's like an eighth more, pre an eighth, just an eighth more pressure. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, he, I, I didn't think that he had control of the pressure. It was like all or nothing. Yeah, that's what he's learning to do. Yeah. It, well, what what about how like how does the visor work in conjunction with him just like squinting his eyelids? Well, they mentioned that there's a, it says note for nitpickers. Yeah. Sure, oh, that's me. He, that's sure, me. he might be able to get the same effect by squinting, but our way is a wee bit more dependable. Mm -mm. Okay, dubious. Sure. <laughs> what if he closes one eye and he's he could cyclops? he could hey he what if he blinks really fast? <laughs> Machine gun force blasts. <laughs> I want to see that shit right there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked this little five page issue. This is fun. I'm glad. I'm glad you did. Well, okay. So his eyes are storage batteries, right? So they do run out of power, which we've seen happen. Um, and then as he gets older, 
his batteries get stronger. I don't know about you guys, but as I get older, my batteries are getting weaker. Um, <laughs> yeah, but but you're when you got were getting older from like 13 to 22, your batteries were getting stronger. Good point. He's still a teenager. Okay. Um, <laughs> good point. So we get confirmation also that they are force beams and not heat in this little book. Does that change? No, I just feel like they hadn't explained it before. Yeah. It seemed like at the beginning, because like, didn't he melt the barrel of a rifle or something well, no, like that? I mean, like in modern continuity, does that no. change? It's well, always just force. It, I think it's always force, but it where it comes from and how it works is different. Yeah. You know, so. Okay, so here's a question. Since we're playing nerd fanboy time, if you took the eyeballs out of his head, could you use them as like guns? Could you just Warren. like shoot them at people constantly? That's another reason for Warren to get rid of him. He can he has Gene and he's got his own little weapons. Yeah. But yeah, his like his little and then solar, solar orbs. orbs. And then Cyclops would have nothing because he'd be blind. He wouldn't have eyes anymore. He, he would be have solar a... orbs. There are yeah. several storylines, Raj, where he gouges his own eyes out. Oh no kidding. Um, yeah. And does wow. he solve powers? No. Hell yeah. Yeah, I want to read those. What was the yeah. other one? Um, yeah, in the in the current Fall of X story, they've got his eyes sewn shut, uh -huh. which, according to this, doesn't matter. Why is that? Well, because He's he open can, his eyes. He can still absorb it. And remember, in uh, in one of the earlier issues, he was like, "Even when I close my eyes, I'm afraid that I'm going to my eye beams are going to fire." Yeah, yeah. All it takes is a little flutter of the eyelid. <laughs> But if they're sewn shut, they're not going to fire. I think that that that's the thing. His his beams can't actually blast his eyelids off. Have they not just heard of super glue? Yeah, super glue is eyelids shut. There you go. Why would they <laughs> sew them? Well, sewing would be more permanent. Super glue actually would. Uh... It also Jean could looks... do it. Gene could do it, it with also, her powers. That makes it sense. also looks scarier, Drew, if you sew yeah. his eyes shut. <clears throat> yeah, true. there you go. It's, that's a horrifying cover. That image and then, is just. And then you put googly eyes brain. over the top. Oh my God. That's <laughs> awesome. Shall we move on to the next one? Oh, yeah. X Men number 44. Release date was March 7th of 1968. Boy, we're just cruising through 68 so fast. Uh, the cover date says May of 68. Credits to. Well, R Roy Thomas wrote the plots, Gary Friedrich. Did the scripting. Uh, the art is also done by Don Heck with the layouts and Warner Roth with the pencils. John Tartaglioni did the inking. Sam Rosen did the lettering. And Stan, the man, Lee did the man, Lee, Stan thing. Um, the title is Red Raven, Red Raven. And I often talk about how, like, oh, yeah, I read about this character and I'm stoked that we're reading about him. Um, Red Raven was a character created by Joe Simon and Louis Casanova in Red Raven Comics number one, cover dated August of 1940 for Timely Comics. Uh, the book got canceled after issue number one, and the character lay dormant until X-Men number 44. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Since then, of course, he's appeared in Marvel Comics throughout the years. As of uh, late, as of uh, I think 2002, 
probably the last time he's been around. Does he come um, back every 20 years? Because that would make sense in canon. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, I think he's back more often than that, but yeah. Um, so he's been retconned as an offshoot of the, like his, his people were an offshoot of the Inhumans. Uh, a member, he's also been a member of Bucky's wartime group, the Liberty Legion. And he has clashed with characters like Captain America, Spider-Man, and his old World War buddy uh, and ally, Namor. So that's a little history lesson on uh, Red Raven, Red Raven. He's basically a Flash Gordon type character, though, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, we should say that to be fair, Namor fights with everybody because he's the world. Not only is he the world's first mutant, he's the world's first dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is true. Well, um, I, I like the idea of Red Raven, and I wanted this to be such a cool story. And it was... In my mind, it was even weaker than the grotesque storyline. Um, I don't know. I kind of liked it, and it made me think, I really want to go to his restaurant and get a cheeseburger. It was, <laughs> it was, it was literally a rehashing of the grotesque storyline. Yep. It yep. was. Another oh, one of those they... underground civilizations. Oh, this one was in the sky until it wasn't. Yep. Yep. Um, Except they yep. did it better because they only put it in one issue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Yep. yes. So let's take a look here. We start with Magneto gloating to Toad that he's defeated the X-Men. And he's ready to kill them when Quicksilver plays to Magneto's ego in order to stop the X-Men from, from, from being murdered. Uh, Toad secures the, the Teen Mutants. And then he goes like la like you know the last issue's back up. He goes through. These are some contraptions that my master has devised to keep the the X Men prisoner. And he goes into all these devices and starts telling you what they are and how they work. And and I mean I thought that was it almost felt like an advertisement, but it was it was kind of cool. And in every single panel when he's describing it, you know the one panel is for Cyclops, one for Jean Grey, one for Beast, one uh -huh. for Angel, etc. Every single panel, when he's verbally telling us this, he says Magneto or my master every single time. Mm -hmm. It's really annoying. That's because they were probably written days apart, each panel. Uh <laughs> <laughs> well, what was interesting about these is that it starts out with like, okay, that's fairly clever with the Cyclops. You know, he's got his arms bound and he's got like a titanium thing on his eyes that he can't get away. But it's then, lead. Oh, lead. Sorry. It's lead. And then yeah. Jean Grey's, I'm like, okay, well, that's a little weird. She's got armbands that block her mental powers. Um, the beast, the be beast was the titanium that he couldn't get out yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. And yeah. then all of a sudden they went fast food and put Angel in the fry basket and Iceman <laughs> under the heat lamp. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody got a damn shake. Um, yeah, it's thermonuclear heat lamp. You can't get the shamrock shake, man. The ice cream machine's broken. Oh, <laughs> those are the worst words ever. Um, so, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to, I, I, I'm probably gonna be craving shamrock shakes now. No, I haven't had one in years. You've got um, like five months, brother. <laughs> yeah, so the X Men start to argue now. They're, of course, they're all captured 
with their eye eye beams blocked and their titanium chastity belts or whatever it is that's keeping them prisoner. Um, and they start to argue with Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, <laughs> like you oh, do. <laughs> they're like picking at each other, you know. Oh yeah, well your mom. Um, and uh, Quicksilver makes it plain that he's not like Magneto, and that he won't trust, but he won't trust humans again, and that's why he's with Magneto. So, meanwhile, Angel escapes and flies off to warn the Avengers. Magneto sends Quicksilver after him, of course. Because and... Quicksilver can fly now. That yeah, is my next. Heck? My next note is, and it's underlined in a box with exclamation points. Pietro can fly. <laughs> um, but and they mention apparently last issue of Avengers or whatever he gained the power of flight. You know. Well, uh, that's the thing, though. This editor's box, like that, would have been useful. But it literally says in my version, I don't hope, I don't know if it says this in yours, but it says as previously portrayed in Avengers number question mark question mark. Yeah. Yeah. What? Well, maybe they hadn't written it yet. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna put that in eventually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, no, but here's the thing with his whole speech I'm not like Magneto I just don't trust humans and I don't want to have anything to do with them just like That's... Magneto yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well yep. Magneto explicitly says he wants to kill or enslave humans whereas Quicksilver has yet to do that so they're not quite the same yet <laughs> technically that's i Give suppose that's fair but, <laughs> but so yeah so now now that we go back and look at it the last the last page of issue 43 with oh look scott's got buttons in the gloves of his his suit to open his visor is is was a whole, all a setup for page three of issue yeah. 44 um yep. yes but the other the other thing that i was with that bothered me was Scott's like, Angel, you're free. Go to the Avengers and get us help. Angel flies out of the building and is like, what should I do? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, motherfucker. <laughs> and he's like, I know. I'll go to the Avengers and ask for help. I'm like, bitch. <laughs> well, okay. So in I, my I, mind, the first thing you should do is free the X-Men. Um, and then go get out of there and go to the Avengers. But if you got out of there, you don't even have to go to the Avengers. Just free the damn X-Men. Um, yeah. I... Nope. Deputy leader, leader said no. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that's what And they've been trained well to obey. <laughs> um, I he been flies around. Like, You're not the boss of me. <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting you for Deputy. Mimic to get you back. You hold my allowance money. I'm waiting for Deputy Mimic to leader. get back and tell us what to do. So Angel does go, and he gets forced down by a growing storm. He lands on an island that just comes up out of nowhere and discovers a cave holding a secret base. I have a note here that was kind of specifically inspired by Rowan. Oh, Page 7, middle panel. Using the word throbbing to describe overexertion definitely brought out the middle, middle schooler in me and gave me a good giggle fit. <laughs> <laughs> so Angel's at this base, and that's when he's attacked by the Red Raven. Uh, they, of course, 
they'll fight for a little while, but they stop fighting long enough for uh, the Red Raven tell to tell him his origin story, as you do. And uh, he also tells a story about how he put all of the warriors of his people's race into hibernation because they were going to attack the U.S. Well, that's really nice of the Red Raven. I mean, what a tyrant! Thanks, dude. I mean, no, he saved the United States, but yeah, he put all his people under. Um, now that hibernation gas will wear off and the warriors will awaken soon. So instead of having them awaken and attack the U.S., Red Raven decides to sink the island. Ah, <laughs> oh, wow. And then use the gas again so they're asleep for another 20 years. Yeah. It's a 20-year yeah. cycle. Of course, Angel tries to reason with him and ask him not to do that, but nope. Red Raven won't have it. So I made a note here at one point during the, the battle between Angel and, and Red Raven because I misread one of the sentences and I went back and reread it and figured out what was going on. But the note yeah. tickled the piss out of me was, I am so confused. Why does Angel want to lick hobbits again? That's what I saw too. <laughs> Wait, okay. He's like, I want to lick me a too. hobbit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. He says, I can lick your weight in hobbits. Does, is that mm -hmm. not what it says? Yeah, it is it what, it what it says. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, lick meaning I can beat your, I can beat you up, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but, but still that's, that's an unfortunate. You know what, Rob, I, I don't really need you interpreting things for me. I'm going to interpret that how I want to, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's what you're into. All of a sudden, <laughs> Sam Ganji's bartender friend shows up. Wow. That's like the ultimate mutant slur. Bunch of hobbit lickers. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> oh. so, oh. so, okay. We, I need to talk a little bit about Red Raven and his feeling of connection to the entire human race. Yeah. Because he keeps talking about the people of my blood and all of right? my people, but he's referencing everyone on the planet. And it's like, how does he feel he's related to everybody? Is this like an Adam and Eve kind of related to everybody type thing or? Or an Alabama related to everybody. <laughs> 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 oh, Wow. Sorry for any listeners in Alabama. Okay, here's another thing that bothered me. How did it take Red Robin until he was 21 to realize he was not one of the bird men? Mm -hmm. Was it? Yeah, the but he didn't wings? have wings. Yeah, yeah. That, that would have been the first clue at like two. It was like Buddy the he Elf level of special. Right? He doesn't see wings. No, he he now he that was a that was a Roy Thomas level of head wound injury and <laughs> just, no man he just doesn't see race that's all it is yeah. he just thinks he's one of them without wings yeah I think wings. it's beautiful okay <laughs> I think I think years later this inspired the, and inspired the script for the jerk and he's like Green, I'm gonna stay this color forever <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh god well, like I said, it's Red terrible. Raven decides that he's going to sink the island, so he does. And Angel tries to talk him out of it, but Red Raven knocks him out and leaves him on a raft floating out in the ocean. This is the biggest, like, just, like, random plot deviation yeah. ever. 
Yeah, it, out it, of nowhere. Just to, it, oh, by the way, we're going to do this now. It was like, so, what? The, it, it was so pointless. It was connected to some, a dis, it was connected to a, a decision on yeah, the part of it's connected to somebody losing a bet. That's what it's connected to. Well, well no, it, you you did some reading about yeah. about this, like focusing on single characters. Well, thing. yeah. So so let me go ahead and talk about that. That's true. Um, Roy Thomas and I started to talk about this earlier, but Roy Thomas said that Stan Lee believed that the X Men might sell better if they had issues that focused on individual characters as opposed to the whole team. Um, so they kept coming up with reasons to get the X-Men alone. Like, let's send Angel to go get the Avengers. Let's have, you know, Cyclops do this. And let's have Beast do that. Um, it's it's a book about a team of mutant teenagers, if you separate and, them. And then the majority of this issue isn't even about Angel. It's about Red Raven. Yeah. Right, right. But it, but it, ha- it gave them the chance to tell stories that they really wouldn't be able to tell if it were the whole whole team but it could Um, have been a bonus it could have been a bonus story at the back of the book yeah didn't they have an anthology um type book where they just told random stories that they wanted to tell in the 90s that was x-men unlimited yeah well Um, i mean just marvel as a whole didn't they have marvel marvel comics presents marvel comics presents came but that came out in the 80s okay there was marvel fanfare they, which also was an '80s book. Now they yeah. did have books that had, like the Marvel Two and One, the Marvel Team Up, the Marvel, you know, um, yeah, they had the Marvel Tales of, or something. They had plenty Marvel of Tales. platforms for it, is what. Yeah. It yeah. Is. Uh, but yeah, not. I don't think this early. Um, at any rate, it didn't work, right? Because less than twenty issues, and they're gonna, or in about twenty issues, they're gonna can the book. So yeah. Yeah, well, the whole the whole weird random side quest thing really started back in the Factor Three, right? When uh-huh. it was like, oh, what are we gonna do? I guess Beast and Angel are gonna go give handies in Central Park to earn money for <laughs> airplane fare. <laughs> and they weren't taking that route again, so they made sure Alien Angel got his allowance. That's right. <laughs> no more busking for bagel bites. This mm. this issue did make me go down a fun little Google rabbit hole, though. Oh, really? Because, uh, um, Red Raven says that he dropped the island thousands of fathoms beneath the ocean. So oh. I, I Googled it, and the Mariana Trench, which is the deepest part of the ocean, is 6,033 fathoms. And the Atlantic Ocean is, on average, 1,800 fathoms. So, like... <laughs> They're probably in the Atlantic since they're based in New York. Yeah. They probably didn't drop that goddamn island thousands of fathoms beneath the waves. Unless he sent it to the Mariana Trench. And then well, the the but then, and then I, the pressure I probably it. killed those guys all yeah. off anyway. I, I continued Googling and the deepest part of the Atlantic Ocean is off of Puerto Rico at forty five thousand eighty or four thousand five hundred and eighty fathoms, known as the Milwaukee Deep. So now you know, oh. and knowing's half the battle. That's right, yo, Joe. So, if so, those that's what those, I got out of this issue. That's cool. <laughs> those bird people are somewhere off of Puerto Rico. Well, thanks, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and I hate Warren. That's what I got. Out of this issue. <laughs>
He really is dressed like a clown, isn't he? Hashtag I hate Warren Worthington the third. So he I, looks like a Taco Bell rapper. Yeah. So I noticed, Drew, that you posted that as a hashtag. Yes, I'm it's curious, in my notes as a hashtag. I'm curious how many hits that hashtag. Like how None, many? Hat- I looked. You're the first one. <laughs> I'm the first. Oh, Drew. You know, I know that people that listen to this podcast love you. Um, but this may change their opinion. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, this, this is a hill I will die on. Okay. 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 Well, and, um, until until he heals me with his magic blood later. But we'll yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, I think he gets so much better when he becomes death. You know. Yeah, he was pretty awesome as a when, horseman. When he becomes Archangel, he's kick ass, and that's. I mean, it was a long time coming. Uh, are we ready to move on to the back the backup story here? Yep. Oh yeah, let's do it. Cool. The Iceman cometh. Uh, yeah. Okay. Story. I did. Before we get into anything else, this can't be the only time they've used that title, right? That that's no, got to be that's got to be like along came a spider where they just use it bajillions of times throughout history. Yeah, probably. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Disney, sir, but bajillion is not an actual number. Well, neither are <laughs> neither are neither is Iceman, so it's fine. Uh, this this <laughs> title, Iceman Cometh, makes me think it's a story about ice cream. Um, <laughs> Ooh. So it was written... <laughs> soft serve ice cream. What are you talking about? Subtitle is ri- Bobby Drake's nocturnal emissions. <laughs> it was written by Gary Friedrich. George Tuska did the penciling. John Horton did the inks. Artie Simic did the letters and Stan Lee did the editing. It's 1963. No. Stan oh. Lee did the producing. Yeah, of course. Artie Simic yeah. lettered it. Yeah. Well, I, said, the I said Artie Simic lettered, but Stan Lee did the editing. Yeah. Um, but Stanley produced this one. He didn't edit it. He produced which, it. He's very specific about is, that. It's the same thing. Stan. Wow. It's a Stanleyism. Fuck that. Uh, yeah. God, imagine, <laughs> imagine if Stanley and Yogi Berra were in the same room. Like the conversations. There'd be a lot of I did this and I did that, and you know, throwing criticisms at each other and until neither of them knew who said what first. (laughs) (laughs) So it's 1963 again. Bobby Drake just comes out of a, of a movie is showing a West side story with his girl, Judy. And the two are attacked by a bunch of thugs and the thugs do it just so that they could show Miss Horton, AKA Judy, who the real man is. Like, ah, we're going to push this girl around and beat up her boyfriend so she know who, knows who the real man is. Well, that's definitely the way to do it, guys. Um, that's a, that is a common trope Yeah, they use well, in these comics. The punk ass in question, the guy, Ra- Rocky Beasley is his name. Um, he is behind it all, and he takes off with Judy. As she screams for help, Bobby decides that he's going to help her out, so he uses his mutant powers and he freezes Rocky solid in a block of ice. <laughs> he is very reluctant to do it, but he does do it to save he his does it. Of course that, uh, well, so apparently she's Rocky's ex-girlfriend or she turned Rocky down. We know that this is a thing. I mean, you know, the mimic was pushing around. Was it Vera or Zelda or one of the two and tried to go out with her? She's like, I don't want to go out with you. And, and and then he came to fight them because he noticed that one of the X Men is dating her, and 
And so that's, you know, you got my girl. Well, it's this stupid thing. So, and, and then the biker gang. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the biker gang too. That happened as well. So it's a thing that pops up from time to time. Uh, Rocky Beasley, of course, in a block of ice, um, which I think would probably kill him, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. I think so. Yeah, like uh, he doesn't have like an ice pick to kind of stab air holes in it, and even at best, that's a questionable solution. Yeah. Well. Of course, you know, Iceman's like, there, I saved you. And Judy's like, ah, get away from me, you freak. I never want to see you again. She called him dangerous. There were some guys getting ready to beat the both of them up, and she calls him dangerous. But, you know. Women. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Roger. Amen, Roger. Rowan just Uh, (laughs) tolerant. Um. So Bobby runs. Bobby runs home to tell his parents that he just got dumped, and uh, he's chased by an angry mob. So Bobby's folks, of course, know that he's a mutant. They, they seem very he, supportive. They are they very seem like supportive. Good parents. Yeah. Well, hold on, hold on. If he had taken the Teen Wolf approach to this, and if she had known from the outset that he was a mutant, and all the others did too. He Wait, could you, have mean, you mean it, Twilight, man. not Teen Wolf? Twilight. No, man, Teen Wolf, where you own it and no, you become the star he's, athlete. He's, he's talking about the Teen Wolf MTV series, not the Michael no, J. Fox. Movie. The original Teen Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> the OG Teen Wolf. Yeah. Sure. No, I, Drew is talking about. Oh, Drew is. Okay. Uh, I don't yeah, know about the, that. The MTV uh, melodrama. Back in my day, and you'd go to the movie with your best girl and you'd watch something fun. And, and you know what? There was this one called Teen Wolf. And Andrew, in our town, the uh, the movie theater was right next to a Radio Shack. Um, it was. <laughs> I love Radio Shack. Back so in my much. day, Michael J. Fox was the Teen Wolf. Yep. Oh, they had the thrifty with the square ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they did, dude. Yes. That was the best. That was only all right. You guys should have stopped and got some while you were in town. Yeah, that's right. I think it's gone now. No, we have it. No, we have it. We have a thrifty with the square ice cream. Wait, Wait, what? Shut up. Yep. (sighs) For real? Yeah. Like, did you not? They also have a radio shack. Yep. Oh, I know that yeah. you and I. You're right, Raj. There. I didn't take you to the thrifty with the ice cream. I took Why? you to the to the bakery where we got where we. <laughs> <laughs> you, dude, you owe me a trip to thrifty ice cream. I'm just putting it out there. Rowan, mark that down, please. I will. I will. Thrifty ice cream. I'll forget. I'll forget in my age, and so will Rob. We uh, owe Roger thrifty ice cream. You can buy it yeah. by the gallon. That's right. This oh, whole mob hurt. thing, though, bothered me because uh-huh. they like got they were all mad because Bobby was a mutant, and then yeah. Bobby defended himself when they attacked him. Yeah, and then they got mad at Bobby for defending himself for the mob being mad at Bobby. That's a little yeah. confusing. What I you mean, just it was said, a mob. I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but this this actually did for once, like really kind of uh remind me of civil rights stuff that happened back in the 60s because mm. people would be abducted in a car and taken away and never seen again there was 
I can't remember who it was, but there was a there was a white guy and two black guys that were abducted and never seen again. And it it was basically that kind of thing where they some hood you know hoods come up in a car at night and they beat the crap out of them, throw them in the car and disappear. So it's I mean this is for once we're seeing legitimate like parallels to you know the real world so yeah and even is, the response the hostility the hostile yeah. response is actually yes is like mm. how they mm. would respond mm-hmm. he's only be defending himself and they're hostile about it and right. that makes yeah. them more agitated yeah well of course charles xavier finds out the way he usually does by reading it in the newspaper and he sends uh, Cyclops to go get him. He's like, that boy must be a mutant. Why don't you go get him? Cyclops I, is oh, okay. I did notice in this issue, the last the last, uh, last page, the middle panel, Cyclops. In, in the previous Cyclops issue, when he first joined Professor Xavier, Professor Xavier gave him her, his original X-Men costume. But in this, he's wearing his third one that Jean Grey made for him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, and that's the second retcon from these little backup stories that I've noticed. So, well, no, but uh, it changes. It changes in the next one, though. He's back in his yeah. first costume. Yeah. So it's just bad that's artistry. Just a, artist screwing editing. It up. It's bad producing. Stan. Oh, it's yes, bad, bad producing. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say overall, I like the art in this. Yeah, I did too. I, I did think too, it's except good, except for one thing. Except for one thing, in this particular issue, Bobby does not look sixteen years old. No, no, he doesn't. He looks like right. he's got a drinking problem and three pack a day lucky strike habit. Yeah. And then in the last panel, all of a sudden he's got like a flat pre John Romita Jr. John Romita Jr. face. It's like, <laughs> I want to make all my characters look exactly like that. Yeah, he looks like <laughs> he looks like he's 40. Yeah. <laughs> These backups are like Bernard's poems. I'm glad they're short. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, this is, of course, going to be another multi-parter, you know, um, till we get the full story on Iceman. Um, I don't know. I don't. I I kind of feel at this point that these origin stories of these characters are not necessary. How about giving us the origin stories of some of their villains? Like, what about the Vanisher's yeah. origin story? Let's read yeah. that. You know, let's read. I don't know. Let's let's read Magneto's origin story. They didn't. I mean, they didn't come up with that for like thirty years, you know. But I, f- I feel like you might be onto something, though. I, I I think if they had made these origin stories instead of a mini series, a fifteen-page book, and then had a mini series in that book with the villains' origins, that would have been really cool. Yeah, um, I want the mastermind's origin. I want to know what they originally thought the mastermind was like. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, I, I go back to something Roger said with, I wonder oh. who the mastermind is, is made, like who he's designed after. Like, it feels like Stan made this from a real person. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, mastermind is actually Gary. We don't, we don't <laughs> like Gary. He's an ass hat. Feels your cigarettes. And he has a trench coat. He, yeah. yeah. He makes the office smell like cigarettes, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> And pickled herring. You. <laughs> I hope when we get to Beast's backstory that it's just like Stanley growing up in New York. Yeah. <laughs> and like Beast yep. is actually just Stanley. You know, 
we've already gotten Beast's origin, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, he, got, he let it all out when he got captured by the Sentinels. It yeah, his, his dad's nads got irradiated, so they moved to the country <laughs> and started a farm. But his yep. parents bought him that bicycle. God, and knowing this, Drew, it knowing this, it goes back to something else Roger said. Oh no. Fuck oh, Jack Kirby. <laughs> I never I never said that, dude. <laughs> why? I why, respect the man. <laughs> why was it? Why was it Jack of Diamond's hands and not his penis? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah um all right well uh anything else on this particular issue man i think we can't gotta go out on the high note right there (laughs) we gotta stop now yeah food for thoughts folks uh yeah i think that's a, a great way to go out well thanks for joining me on these issues a lot of interesting stuff going on here i still think they're fun to read and I'm looking forward to the next one. So next issues that we're going to talk about next episode, X-Men number 45 and Avengers number 53. All right. Read along if you, uh, if you can, you guys. We'll see you. Bye. Good- goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.